Welcome to the EquipCast for the Archdiocese of Omaha. Designed to help leaders to transform their cultures, to embody the pastoral vision, to be one church, encountering Jesus, equipping disciples, and living mercy. If you're watching this video right now, you've caught the live and unedited version of a podcast, which we call the EquipCast from the Archdiocese of Omaha. And this is EquipCast number 17. And today we're going to be talking about Catholic schools and uh, Catholic education in the modern world and, and maybe a little bit about tuition as well. I'm Father Jeff Lorig. I'm joined by my co-host, Jim Jansen, Director of the Evangelization and Catechesis Office. Hey, I also, Hey, everybody. Hey, Jim. And uh, also, uh, I'm joined by uh, our superintendent, our departing superintendent, Dr. Michael Ashton. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. Honored to be here. Thank you. I know you've just been dying to like talk, right? You, I, you are ah. often a, a great guest in the chat room and, and offering little tidbits here and there. So finally, we'll, we're going to turn your mic on and, and let you talk. So thanks. Well, you have to assume that risk, yes. <laughs> Hope it's you've good. all signed your waivers. It's good to have you here today. Uh, if you're live with us today, we want to encourage you to use the chat room as much as possible, ask questions, make comments, uh, meet some new people. Uh, this is a, somewhat of a different crowd than what we're used to having. Uh, we have lots of school people here today. So this is, this is fun to, to have kind of a new audience. Uh, we love it when you ask a question. Uh, it's not just fun, but it, it actually will influence our conversation. And we're going to really push Whitney Bradley from our Family Life office. Uh, she helps produce this little thing that we, we call the EquipCast. But we're going to really push her to chime in if there's a really good question and interrupt uh, our conversation and so that we can make sure that that gets addressed. Uh, so she's pretty good at seeing patterns and, and seeing some themes uh, in the chat room. So uh, please know that those are being read and they, they will influence uh, certainly how we uh, move forward. Uh, if you don't stop us, uh, Mike and I will just talk for, for a long time and go down rabbit holes. Uh, so uh, again, we want to say thank you to Whitney, who does a lot of the behind the scenes work for us. Um, this uh, is actually going to be our last live equip cast. Uh, we, we do kind of a, a Zoom webinar with, with folks, uh, but, but really we're making a podcast. Uh, so we'll continue the conversations on the podcast. So you can go ahead and subscribe to a podcast if you're used to doing that, or maybe you're not. Um, but if you have a smartphone, you have easy access to podcasts. So uh, just search uh, EquipCast, which is just one word, on your preferred podcasting platform. Or you can just subscribe to the blog that we run here called equip.archomaha.org. Never miss an update. Uh, by subscribing to, our, uh, by the, to this blog, you'll receive an email and get all the goods. Uh, it's also where you'll find the show notes for this show and all future shows. And if we actually, I think we probably will have some live ones uh, every once in a while, uh, but just not weekly. It's, kind of a, it's, it's a lot of pressure to put these things on every week, and uh, we don't want you to think this is all we do all week long. So, uh, but, but I think there is some value of, of getting together uh, through this, this digital way. Uh, so there won't, be one, there won't be a live one next week. Um, but you, again, if, if there are updates or if there are new ones, you can go ahead and subscribe to our blog at equip.archomaha.org and find all the good stuff there. Arch Omaha here, Arch, Arch, Archdiocese of Omaha, our little pastoral services offices, which is the one I'm the director of here. Uh, we're running a subscribe to win contest. We want to give something away. We also want to increase the number of subscribers we have to our equip blog. 
So at Equip, we believe empowering clergy and lay leaders to transform the culture of their parishes and schools. And so we're offering a one-year free pass to the GLS Next Premium. So what is GLS? GLS is the Global Leadership Summit. And the premium subscription that we want to give to you is is like is an archive of all the like awesome talks they've ever given at this global leadership summit and uh global leadership summit is a is a leadership summit it's really uh, a christian church that puts it on out of chicago and it's broadcast all over the world we hosted it here in omaha last year at creighton university we had 300 people from the archdiocese of omaha we were one of the first well we are the first catholic archdiocese uh to really host it and in fact the president of this whole leadership thing, I was, I, I just got an email or I just was in an email mix with them today because they're really interested in what we're doing here uh, as far as getting Catholics involved in, in leadership growth in, in, in the Christian world to have more kingdom impact as, as an evangelical might say. So the Global Leadership Summit is just a fantastic resource uh, for teams and individuals who want to grow in leadership uh, and hear inspiring talks. I know Father Cook from, from Christ the King mm-hmm is not shy about saying it impacted him in a big way last year. And it just really helped confirm him and affirm him in his own leadership as a pastor. Uh, so we're going to give this thing away. So if you are subscribed to this, this uh, live Zoom, you're already entered to win. If you are a subscriber to the, the Equip blog, you are already entered to win. And so uh, if you want to increase your chances that maybe your school or your parish could have access to this, get more of your Create teachers. Create fake registrations. That, or, no. or yeah, just submit, the, just send a list to Dr. Ashton and he'll, he'll, we'll put them in the MailChimp. Uh, but uh, it is, uh, it's it, the, the value, like, so I paid for this myself uh, when I, when I first got into this, it's a $125 value. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's, it's a, uh, we have one that we want to give away. So uh, if you want access to that and increase your chances, uh, ask your teachers and others to go ahead and sign up for that. Sign up for the equip.archomaha.org website blog. There's a subscribe button up on the top right uh, there on our site. All right. Without much further ado, I think we should go ahead and get started. And uh, oh, I should also say that that contest ends July 3rd. So we're going to announce on July, July 3rd who the winner is to the, for, uh, for this free content. Uh, so you have uh, a little bit of time uh, ahead of you. So now I think we can get started. And I uh, have been working with Dr. Ashton for three years now. And both of us are, are going to be leaving our jobs here in, in just a couple weeks. Uh, but we've had some impassioned conversations about uh, the value of, of, of Catholic education in our, in our Catholic world here in Oman. Of course, we know that Catholic schools are a huge part of, of who we are as, as a church here in Northeast Nebraska. And it just happened to be that we were talking about school tuition and the role of school tuition in our, in, in our parishes and schools and some of those conversations that happen. And, and the, so that's kind of how it started. But the, really, the conversation about tuition begs a lot of other questions. And I'm hoping really this conversation kind of lead into a lot of those things because it's hard to talk about tuition without talking about the purpose of Catholic education anyway. Um, so we'll hope, we hope we're not just talking for talking's sake either. Like I, I'm so glad there's so many people here listening and I know we're going to have a lot of people listening on the podcast because, because Catholic schools are a big part of our lives here. And so I think we, we do get an audience for it. And it's, it's really important 
that we not just sit here and talk about it, um, but we do have some wins in mind. So Mike, do you, what are some wins? Like we've talked about this, but like, what are you hoping to accomplish from, from this conversation that we're going to have? It's a launching point to have different conversations about tuition because our current conversation on tuition is very tilted toward kind of an admission model and an irritation and something that doesn't really incorporate stewardship and our sacrificial nature as Catholics. We'd love to have more generative conversations where tuition really is a part of our stewardship conversation, not an admission or a pay for play type of conversation. So you're hoping, off, okay, go, oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. No, you go ahead. No, no, you go first. <laughs> so uh, another win would let's, let's hope that maybe this will spark some conversations with us between each other to challenge each other on these questions about the value of schools, how tuition relates to that, the, the intersection between the, the intensity of the resources and, and the real result in, in terms of our church and growing our, our faith. And certainly, if we can get parishes and schools to bring a group together and bring, bring a collaborative team together to really excite a new vision, and we have some schools and parishes that have, that really have generated a new vision and conversation around tuition that is more aligned to our vision and priorities for the Archdiocese. And what would and be like course, the ultimate vision for like ultimate, ultimate win for you? Ultimate vision. Ultimate vision is resources should not even be a question. That every child is able to have a choice. The families can choose a Catholic education without resources, tuition, money being a part of that decision making. That's great. Um, it's very idealistic, but that's, but that's why you have this job and uh, that's why we love you. Uh, and I think my wins for, for our conversation today, yeah, that, it, that, that first of all, that it clarifies the role of Catholic education in, in the church today. What can it accomplish? What, what, what are some unrealized potential? Uh, but, the, but that when it, that all kind of fits together. So when, when we talk about tuition, when we talk about enrollment, when we talk about uh, parish resources. It's always done in light of the ultimate mission, uh, which is, well, we can talk about that, right? So I think it's right. reach more people for the kingdom, right? For Jesus. Right. And uh, so I'm really hoping that this will turn into a conversation back in parishes and find ways that, that schools really align with the overall vision and mission of the parish. So yes. at, the, at the heart of of these questions about tuition, which is sort of boring, <laughs> uh, is, is what it signifies, uh, which is that it's more than exchange of money uh, for services. Right. right. That's how it's kind of treated. You know, we give you education, you give us some money, um, but it does quickly enter into questions about the real mission of Catholic schools. So Mike, right. you have an ideal. Uh, I do. Yeah. And, and, but from my experience as a former and future pastor, not everyone is on board with, with what you're saying and the idealistic kind of version of, of Catholic education. I think a lot of people would just like to raise tuition. And, uh, uh, you know, if, if, if you can pay it, then you can come. If you can't, we don't want to have to deal with you. So my experience as a, as a Catholic educator, and, and I see the value of Catholic education, but I also know the headaches. So, mm -hmm. you know, like when it comes to tuition, uh, parents lie to you. I hate that. And I hate having that conversation. And I hate even considering that I might have to turn a child away because the tuition is not being paid by parents. Uh, when it comes to finances, it takes the bulk of a parish budget to run a school. Uh, when it comes to parents, there's lots of complaints about teachers and programs and curriculum 
and it, it really enters into the kind of like the daily anxieties of a pastor. Like why, like why, why are we in the, the education business? Like, how does this fit in? And so I just know it's a big part of kind of the anxieties and, 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 uh, struggles of, of a pastor to, to lead. And, 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 and finally, just when it comes to making disciples, Jesus' great commission, make disciples, we don't often see it happening. And we don't often see those, those parents and their, and their families in our church pews on Sunday. Uh, so the big question is when it comes, again, it all starts with tuition or like this, the seed question is about tuition, but it, it leads into these bigger questions. And the big question is when it comes to these things, is it worth the cost of staying in the education business, Mike. Right, right. So when we say cost, we have to remember that that cost is truly just for salaries. For the most part, you're basically hiring an enormous group of very specialized experts. And when we say that's, what are we paying for? That's literally where the money goes. The money goes towards salaries so people can dedicate a career and a job to doing this ministry and Likewise, be able to pay for food at their family and a car and a house. So that, that's where the money goes. And when we use the conversation of um, supporting a school, we have to remember it's not an institution that needs propping up with dollars and cents. It's a group of people and very good people, ministers, people that share the mission. And that's been the wisdom of our archbishop when I look at his efforts to bring in school of faith and really draw a bullseye around, let's help our teachers be the most impactful ministers they can be. Because ultimately, that's where your money goes, to have them be gainfully employed in a ministry of the church. And I think about our concerns where you have a church that's, when we say, tasked with this huge bill, you know, this, this large amount of money, and they can't even replace the roof. That speaks to a very large question about stewardship in general. That church has issues with raising money for the roof as much as they do for the school. That church may have stewardship issues. Maybe they just don't have the resources in their community to truly pay salaries to keep a school going. And many communities have had to make that hard decision. But hopefully we think of our unity as a church and we consider the support of that big apostolate being an activity of the entire Christ body, not just people that are inside the school community with children, that it's a value to the church and the growth of God's kingdom to have people in a faithful environment when they're learning school versus a school environment that may not really participate in any faith activities or shine a light on Christ or a place where people can encounter him. So ultimately the value has to be determined in alignment with the mission, the vision and mission of our archdiocese. And when that's there, and you have a unified vision of all of us collectively supporting that output of our schools, that's all great. So here's where it goes wrong. So it would be, it would be right to say um, that, uh, you know, when you hire your teachers, uh, you're, you're really hiring ministers. And so yes. that might be mm-hmm. something to really think about when you're hiring and firing. We also know that there's a huge shortage of teachers right now. And like, yes. you know, so easier said than done. Oh, we're just going to hire missionaries. And like, like well, there's not even that, you know, that many missionaries, let alone teachers, uh, missionaries. Yeah. So, uh, but I think it would be uh, good to think about that as, as if you were an administrator of a school to think about like, I really want to, 
maybe if somebody's not like a, a minister yet, but they have the heart for it and they could be yes. developed. And I want to mm-hmm. make sure that I onboard them in a way that is that sets that expectation that we're not just here. You're not just an employee. You're right. not just part of a, a corporation. We're here to transform the world through education mm-hmm. of children. Yes. And there are tremendous secular demands on the preparation of our educators. It's hard to envision how will we fit that in? How will we add on the essence of what it means to be a Catholic school educator. And, and our institutions are doing better at that. And I think our archdiocese is doing a better job of that. And that's when we have that focus of, we don't want to just prepare these teachers to be good math teachers, to be good supervisors of children, to help counsel children or give them guidance to college. We want them to be fully formed adults that are also modeling Christ to these children and families and, and thriving in their own religion, their own faith, their own spiritual life. So Jim Jansen, you're you're a, mm-hmm. a parent of some Catholic kids, Catholic uh, school kids. Six. Uh, six of them. You're doing your part. <laughs> uh, what do you think? You know, you're also the director of evangelization. Uh, mm-hmm. So you see the, the role of evangelization schools. You see that connection. What do you think are some of our greatest opportunities or maybe our even our, our most unrealized potential in Catholic education? Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting that you uh, you bring that up. I think oftentimes, you know, because I, Father, as a as a parent, sometimes and a consumer, wrong word, right? But a beneficiary of the mission of Catholic schools, I, you know, sometimes I've had some frustration, and as I've reflected deeper on that, often my frustration really has nothing to do with the school. Meaning, like, what I feel I'm lacking is the fellowship of other parents. Um, you know, I, I'm blessed. My, my kids go to St. Bernadette Consortium School down in, down in Bellevue. And gosh, I love our teachers. I think there's a, um, I'm biased because it's, it's my kid's school, but I think there's a, they, they truly have uh, missionary hearts uh, as, as educators. Um, but sometimes the challenge is the, the loneliness you feel as a parent if you're the only one holding the line on not letting your third grader get a smartphone. Uh, and really when you look at some of those challenges, those challenges don't really like it's not it's not primarily the school's job to equip parents for, for the challenges of, of parenting uh, teenagers and preteens. It, that's actually the parish's job. And so I think you guys hinted earlier, sometimes the, the integration between the mission of the parish and the school um, seems like that's there's a there's a fracturing there and that part of our way forward is healing that and helping to reintegrate those two missions. Here we have, we have priests and ministers that are experts at theology, at evangelization, mm-hmm. at uh, divinity, and all that expertise is right there in our parishes and here in our school buildings. And Megan, Megan asks a good provocative question in the chat. Here we have in our buildings teachers that have to be certified in XYZ and they need these nine credits and those 12 credits before they're even allowed in Nebraska to teach in a school. Um, so we have to cross that hurdle. So we have to use the marriage of our gifts and the things that we have as strengths, bring it together and use that intersection to supercharge our parishes to be a place where not only is excellent civic education, things that benefit the civic and secular world, but the amazing formational opportunity that we have with children and their families and having families engaged and drawn into that school community. Uh, that, that's where the power starts. So Mike, I've got a question for you here. 
Yes. Um, I'm, I'm going to throw it out. I'll throw out an, an assertion here and we'll see if we can do, make the chat. do. We can see if we can make the chat room go nuts. Um, <laughs> from talking with pastors around the archdiocese, if you ask them the question, so what percentage of your school families show up on Sunday? Right. The typical answer is somewhere around 30%. Uh, if you disagree with that, blow up the chat room. I right. mean, not don't, don't actually blow it up, but just like, you know, uh, voice a great follow-up question put, too. Put your own, put your own, uh, put your own number in there. Um, my, my question is like, as we, as we look at, and I think I want to invite you probably to share a metaphor that you shared at the Archbishop's dinner for education about schools being a front porch. Like how do we take that number, whatever it is, 30%, whatever, how do we take it and grow it? And, and how do we, how do we look at that? Um, maybe not so much as a failure, although that's not an unfair, uh, statement from a certain perspective. How do we take that number, only 30% of our school families are, are coming to church, how do we turn that into an opportunity? Right, I, oh, it's an amazing opportunity because first of all, when we measure how many of our school families are attending mass, have we taken time to, to measure how many of our Omaha Metro or Archdiocesan families, 1.1 million people, how many of them are attending mass? So if we're getting 30% of our school same, families- Same percentage. Yeah, that's we're we're looking at. Let's move the needle on both those numbers, because truly, I'm more excited about why they're in mass. Do we ever measure how many people are in mass, absolutely on fire for Christ, and walk out of mass still, just broadcasting the light of Christ to their community, or how many of us are coming out of mass and you know punching the ticket? Same with our schools academically. When we talk about what do we send out into the community from our graduations? Do we send children that are fully equipped and alive with good intentions and faithful hearts and a mind and soul for Christ? Or are they just walking out, punched their ticket, got their graduation diploma? So it becomes the same question. How would you answer that question? I would. What, what are we producing? You, if you are producing children that come out of your schools to bring Christ's kingdom to earth, that's the win regardless of where they're sitting or where they are on Sundays. They've got a heart and a mind for Jesus and a relationship with him, and they can, they can be the charisma to others. All right, I've got so two I, I have a higher goal than just sitting in church. I, I, I'd love to see them at Mass, but I would also love to see them exuding Christ. You know, we don't just want them to be safe. We want them to be dangerous. Right. We, want to, we want them to impact the world for Christ. Yes. Okay, I've got, I got to interrupt here. So not interrupt, but, but the, this is great. Um, but I think there's the chat room is being very, very helpful here yes. uh, and practical as, as good Nebraskans ought to be. You bet. Uh, one question is that Deb asked is how do you make that transition? Uh, and, and I think Excellent. I'll just give you the, the example of, you know, we have Megan drop on here. She's, she leads the, the Christendom school. Uh, which uses the couple classrooms uh, at St. Joan of Arc. So the model there is is very different. Like the teachers there are not certified. They're, they don't have to go through all the the, the, the training that 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 they a, a normal teacher would have to go through. But they're also like missionary teachers. Like or they're they're missionary students. They they come from really good schools. They just they want to they want to they want to bring Jesus. Uh, on earth. They want people to encounter Jesus. They're just, they're, they're full of it. Um, but they don't want to be like certified teachers. So they chose a model that says like, let's just kind of go around the state and like do it, do the way we think we ought to do school. So it's, 
my strategic says that's a pretty good option. Um, how, but we're not getting rid of our, our traditional parish schools anytime soon. So Mike, you, it's, you and Vicki will have to sort of help guide us. How would we make our traditional parish schools a little bit more missionary, like maybe Christendom has, has kind of begun to, to experience? I love the Christendom commitment because you have a very different model there. To join in, you really have to commit. It's a whole family commitment. And if people would recruit and admit at that level of commitment, and when we introduce our parents to our school and bring in the children, we say this is more than just an academic building. This is more than just mass on Fridays and a couple service projects and we put thumbs up to the C on Catholic. We make it a capital C. You are all in when you come in here and you are in for the whole ride. In elementary, some of them are there for 10 years. We are co-raising your family with you. And our teachers and school leaders need to know, and this is where we come in as changing, changing the conversation and actually bringing a different skill set. Our leaders and teachers need to know what spiritual and faith growth looks like. They need to understand how to interface with ministers, parishes, and families. And likewise, those families and parishes and ministers need to know how to interface with educators to say, how do we facilitate the ultimate goal together? What skills does that require? What knowledge and background does that require? And I, I look at our, our folks in School of Faith and now Evangelium Institute who are really looking for that answer. And I look at Jim's office who are seeking what type of backfilling do we have to do in our training and our experience as minister teachers to truly become ministers. And I, and I think, uh, again, I have another question. Thank you for that. Uh, the other question is really come is, is, is the question at hand that we started with, like tuition. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and that's what uh, Deacon Kelly from, from Columbus is asking. And the real question is uh, not that whether we want our kid to have a Catholic education. I think most of us do. Uh, it is how can we make this affordable to the family right. with multiple children? You know, it, so it's kind of a specific question, but it's also a larger question about tuition and how do you fund, fund this this thing uh, of, of Catholic schools that we're all saying is, is a value. Um, right. So I, let's, let's get into this then. So this is, I think it, it gets, it helps begin to answer some questions uh, of, about the practicalities of, so, okay. We, we say like schools have the potential to really change the world through making disciples and real, welcoming families and, and, and transforming uh, families through through an encounter with Jesus in the church. I think I think all of us on this would probably agree with that. I hope. And then the other question is that that I always have is like, but is it worth the cost? Like it's mm -hmm. cost so much energy, resources, money, all that stuff. Um, then the question that that leads us to is tuition. All right. So right, right. Because then you get these really bad conversations where just like yes, you're thinking about like kicking a kid out, and like it's not the kid's fault, but the parent says they will pay and they never do. And they kind of lie to your face. And like, it's just, so Mike, what is tuition? If we have aligned our mission in the schools with the mission of the church, we treat tuition the same way we treat the basket. This is a giving of ourselves to support the church on earth. So that conversation begins and ends with stewardship rather than where you're talking about a student gets kicked out, can't pay, if we can truly wrap around the conversation to be stewardship, support of the apostolate, support of the mission of the church, then it's not, hey, you over there, 
why aren't you paying? Because then we'd have to go through the pews and we'd have to point at each parishioner and say, hey, why didn't you put in the basket? Get out of here. You didn't put in the basket. Get out of here, right? That's not a conversation we would ever have. And if we're truly bought into the value and impact our schools will have on the church, then it's not a, you can't pay, get out of here. It's how can you help us collectively support this mission? So tuition grew out of, when you think about, you track it back, we packed our schools with religious and there was a tuition. The tuition was what the money was collected in the church to support the food that the priests and nuns ate, the houses that the priests and nuns lived in, the cars that they had to drive, right? There was still a tuition, we just didn't call it tuition. It was what you gave to the church. And we had a combination of factors through the 70s and 80s where you had a lot of religious pulling out of the schools, just do the numbers. And you had a ton, you had a flood of students into the schools during the 60s. And then lay teachers who had a whole different expense profile they had a, a whole different college education they had to pay for. They, had, they were supporting families, so now it became expensive. And then you layer on top of that that public education, all education has become more expensive due to the use of technology, health, health insurance issues, and college costs. So all these things have this, this line of cost going very steeply, and our line of revenue from givings to the church, very flat. So tuition was what that was used. Tuition was supposed to fill the gap. And it was, I, this is our fault as Catholic Church. Our fault of the Catholic Church was to say, your tuition pays for the school. And if you're going to that school, you have to pay more than everybody else. And as soon as that conversation started, you couldn't turn, you couldn't turn around. And that's where we're hung with this really malformed idea that, I pay my dollar for that child's education. And all of our conversations started kind of revolve around that model rather than the model of I'm paying you the church and I'm doing it under this tuition label. I'm paying you the church to keep the school open because it has value to the Christ body and it needs to sustain into the future. It's not money for admission. It's right. money for the mission. Oh man. Huh? Should I, I be wish I thought of that. I should, I should be an evangelical pastor, I think. Oh, darn. The tuition is not money for admission. The tuition is money for the mission. For the mission. And you're saying, ideally, can you kind of live in ideals? Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, that that we, maybe we, we wouldn't even have tuition. Like, you would, like, it would just all be part of our stewardship offering, the, the offering yeah. that we make for the whole mission of the church. We wouldn't have yeah. these distinctions like, oh, you're going to have to pay more um, because you're, you're, you know, you get this and extra those service. Those models are out there. You know, the Wichita model yeah. that's 30 years going and they're out there. They, they show some successes. They show some challenges. But um, you do have some people that boldly still go uh, through that model of collectively we're all tithing, collectively we're all supporting the church. and we all believe that this is a proper use of resources to man these buildings with all these students so that mm -hmm. the children that leave there and the families that experience their lives there really are better for it. So you're saying there are people who have done this. Yes. This isn't just an ideal that's been made. Right. And it's not just the yeah, fact. Well, it is not how the church did it before. That's what he was saying. Is like, it, yeah. mm -hmm. it is how we used to do it. Yes. Um, and I, I, it's, it's easy to kind of look down at Wichita and mm -hmm. say, oh, everything's hunky-dory down there. But you know what's going no, on? They is have that their they're, challenges. They're yeah. like 
they have these guilt sessions and shame sessions. Hey, you haven't paid your stewardship. And, and, and then it all comes on the pastor to have these conversations. And it's just, yeah. it's not as ideal as you might think it. Yes. Not as no, no kid ever has to pay for it. Well, I don't know how it all works, but like um, everybody has to pay, but not everybody pays right. for tuition. So it's, right. everybody has a chance to go to the Catholic school there. Yeah. So we do have models. Um, for instance, ask Sister Dolores Hannon about Mercy High School. And I don't want to put any schools above another, but this is just one example that I've learned more from just in my conversations with Sister D, mm -hmm. that everyone who comes to the door, it's a question to them of what type of sacrifice are you able to make to help support this environment, to help support this institution moving into the future. And every person that goes there, they call it a negotiated tuition, which doesn't surely fit into that ideal model, but it does open the door to say, the, the amount I support is more relevant to my means rather than a business calculation of cost and exchange. Because right now, most of our schools, it's a business calculation of transaction. It's not a sense of, well, what can you give? Now, when we turn to parishioners, we do have that conversation. Archbishop Daniel Peel and other stewardship activities, we say, give what you can. But then when we get to school, it's our fault. Catholic schools and Catholic church, it's our fault. We change the dial. We say, no, it's, it's not stewardship. You got to pay your ticket. It's on this paper. We've done this math very carefully. And if you can't, we're sorry, we can't help you. So have you had difficult conversations? You've never been the pastor, right? You know, I, I, I think when you, when you have to pay, be the guy that has to pay bills, a guy or gal, gal that has to pay the bills, uh, so it's easy for you to see these things, but at the end of the day, the, the pastor has to pay the bills. Like, have you had the tough conversations? Yes. Yeah. In fact, the job I had as principal, it's a bit more perilous because if I don't do a good job getting the budget in the black, they can fire me. Right. Never, it's hard for me to get fired. Yeah, exactly. The priest doesn't have to get, you know, but yeah. they can fire the pastor. We just, the we just close it down. People. Yeah. So I've had those conversations of, the, the crying parent in front of me who uh, is just so distressed over, um, over the tuition and they can't pay it and they drive away and they're escalating. That's an exact example. Hmm. And so there's always that sense of, am I really getting the story? Is this an honest conversation? But in the Catholic church, we lead with trust, transparency, and honesty. We're, we're leading with the high moral ground and we're going to have people that come to us saying, I can't, I can't, and I don't, and I won't. And who may, who may lie to us? The guy on the corner that's asking me for $5 as I drive by, he could be lying to me. The poor man in the street that, that is saying that he's dying of hunger, he might be lying to, to me. But we've learned that's Christ. That's Christ in those people. And whatever their distress is, we can be servants and ministers to them to our own, to our own disadvantage. And sometimes we get stung. Sometimes we're wrong. We give money to someone who doesn't need money, or we forgive a tuition for someone who doesn't need tuition forgiven. But unless we're willing to go through the, the pews and say to every single person, oh, I don't believe you're giving as much as you can. But morally, we challenge them. We do. We mor morally, we challenge people and say, this is a thoughtful and prayerful discernment exercise for you. What can you do to support our mission? Any comments, Jim? I just saw Deb True to give a shout out to the Children's Scholarship Fund, which yes. helps with that. 
right? It makes a huge difference. Mike, tell a little, I mean, I think this audience knows, but for those who might not, talk a little bit about what the Children's Scholarship Fund is. Sure. It was an effort that came out of New York City, brought to Omaha by the Andersons and a couple other families, and they were challenged to establish an, a very significant fund of money so that a student who wanted to attend a Catholic school, but their family did not have the resources and means to contribute anything, as long as they could bring and muster together a few hundred dollars, then the Catholic scholar, the Children's Scholarship Fund would provide um, any, it's a, it's a range of money depending on your financial need. But once you were, you, you were pulled out of the lottery for that, then that tuition money followed you uh, through your entire time in elementary school, in elementary wow. Catholic. And I think it's important. It's important to note, like, I don't want to make this sound like an advertisement for the Children's Scholarship. This is not the reason why this, this, right. this Equipcast is happening today. <laughs> we need the logo to pop up somewhere. But I think what, you, what you're experiencing, some of the people are commenting in the, the, the chat room, like, they're kind of getting it. Like, it, if there's a mission, then we'll, we'll pay for it. Like, right. uh, we'll, like, like Deacon Kelly just saying, like, yeah, we should have some sort of sponsorship program. We should, we should talk about like the mission is in front of us. Like, of course we would, we will throw some money into it um, because yeah. it's, cause it's totally worth it. Um, uh, so I, I think at, at, at the very beginning of this, at the heart of all this, if you're going to talk about tuition, you have to talk about your mission. If you're going to talk about yeah. fundraising, you have to talk about your yeah. mission. Like, like Shannon constantly talks about like the, like if you're, if you're going to have some sort of fundraising dinner, you better talk about why you're raising funds yes. rather Amen. than doing sort of the, like the silly song and dance auctions. And I'll do this for you. And so I'll give you this and we'll get a little money on top of it. And it's like, no, if you, if you cast the vision of why you're doing this, uh, then people will usually pay. Cause I think, cause yes. I, it's convincing. Like, I, I, I don't see any negative comments in here from anybody. Maybe they're just being nice to you, Mike. But I, mean, I think so. I think they figure why, I'm leaving. Yeah. The, so here's the chance. Waiting, deleting those as soon as I get posted. Parting shots. But I think you understand why, uh, why we hired Mike. Because when he does speak about it, you want to buy in. You want to like, it's not practical always, but it's like, but he inspires you because of the idea and the ideal of, of the mission of educating children. Uh, in in the Christian world, because because there's more at stake than ever. Yes, ain't good. Nicely done, Father. That's awesome. Mike, could you 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 know we talked about this. I, I love it, Father. Right? It's like it's the rediscovery of our sense of mission that helps. Mm. Right? It's it it, it in in nobles. You know our our sense of tuition beyond just like a, a simple exchange of goods and services. Um, I think it also helps bring the parish and school together. Mike, I, we, we went here earlier and I don't think we actually did it, but can you just talk, can you share your front porch uh, sure. metaphor just about like how the intersection of the mission of the parish and school come together? I get very, very excited about the school as an apostolate being the largest outreach and outward facing image of Christ to the larger community of the Archdiocese of Omaha. Now, much like a school, much like a, a house has a porch on it, and you see people on that porch, you don't always see what's inside the house. A lot of people don't know what's inside the Catholic faith. They have no idea. In fact, common media fills them with all sorts of myths and non-truths about our Catholic faith. And our schools can be that entry point, that introduction to show this is a very friendly place. There's love here. There's safety here. There's great education here. There's 
Uh, the Jesuits have great basketball playing. You know, all these things are here. So once they get onto the porch, that's when we can introduce them to say, well, why are we here? Why is this different than the school down the street? Well, why, is it, why do we have the cross on the wall? Come on inside the house and learn a little bit about where this comes from. Why, why do we have love in our hearts? Why do we sacrifice to make this happen? And when they start understanding the deeper level, because truly, how many people are coming to our Catholic schools that aren't even Catholics? And sure, they might be coming to us just with the intention to say, and I'll be blunt, I'll say it, that I just want to play football for Scott Catholic. And that's the only reason I go to a Catholic school. Not a bad We're going to have that. <laughs> We're going to have that. And so what do we do with that family? Do we turn them away? No, this is the mission field. These are the souls that Christ wants us to touch. And bringing them to that front porch and bringing them into close proximity to faithful people, families that are on fire for Christ, teachers and administrators and, and school employees that are servants to the church. This is where it works. This is where it happens. And ultimately, let's just keep going with the house analogy. So take them further into the house from the porch to the living room. We're doing life together. But then where do you ultimately want people to be together? Table. Sharing a meal at the table. Table. Being in communion. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. so that is not, that is a Andy Stanley analogy. So I just want to make sure we give credit to Andy Stanley. But, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but that's the whole, that's, so that's an evangelical church down in Atlanta with, with a clear mission strategy of how they reach new people. They mm-hmm. have a front porch. It's not a Catholic school, but they have a front porch. And then they lead them in and eventually to, to break bread together. Strategy as well. So I love that. I, I think, you know, it works really well for us, especially when we, you know, talk about getting people to the table. But I think what I love about it is it flips that, you know, we talk about like, oh my gosh, only 30% of our school families, you know, are coming to mass. It's like, yeah. it, it flips that, that analogy flips that from being, you know, uh, a failure to being an opportunity. And now, and now we now we recognize. I mean, no small feat today with some of the the press we've had for young families to trust us with their children. And now we have these families, millennial families. I mean, that's you know that's the question so many of our churches are struggling with. How do we engage millennials? It's like you know what they're they're sending you their kids. They trust mm-hmm. you with their precious little ones, and we can take that bridge of trust. Um, as, as they find these teachers and, and, uh, and uh, other families that are loving them in school and help draw them deeper uh, into the family and into the home. Now let's stop, take a pause, because we have a, a pastor, a seasoned pastor, making a comment in the chat room. Uh, oh. it just, it, at Columkill, we promote, this is Father and Father yeah. Reason, mm. promote the Wichita model and keep tuition low. Yep. It's awesome. Uh, it's our goal, but we have a long way to go. Uh, we contribute $400 for each high school student in, in diocesan high schools, and I'm frustrated uh, that some contribute nothing in Sunday ties. Mike, answer that one. Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> so we have in our schools and churches families that are supporting the church. Family A goes to church every Sunday, very engaged in parish life. Family B goes to church on Sunday, very engaged in parish life, and has children in the school and is paying tuition. Consider the financial burden on that family that's paying tuition is more than the financial burden of the family 
that's going to church and enjoying a parish life. So the question becomes, why should that be different? Why should one carry the worse load than the other? So now advance that to high school. We have tuitions elementary here that are four to $5,000. You go to high school where there's not a hosting parish, there's not a parish that's subsidizing that school, now your tuition is $9,000. So in a sense, that family that left your pew empty of money, it's because they're giving it to the school. And if the school truly is aligned, they're, they're taking $4,000 of their annual income and putting it to the school. If the school really is aligned to the mission of the church, then that money's still going to the church. It's just not going through your parish to the church. But the question always is, is that high school aligned to the mission? Is that elementary aligned to the mission? Is this money actually doing the work that the church wants to be doing? And I would counter if we took all that money and we instead just paid ministers and instead of one teacher for every 20 children, what if we had one minister paid employee of the church for every 20 parishioners? Gosh, that would be like 700 employees at St. Stephen the Martyr. Am I doing the math right? That's a lot of people. And so then we'd start questioning, is the church really worth supporting? Are we making enough priests? Are enough of those people sitting in the pews? We'd have the same conversation because we see all that money go out the door. We want to see something happen with it. We do that with schools. We see all that money go out with baskets. We see it go out of our pockets. We want to see something happen. Yeah, and I th- it keeps coming back to this question of, do we know who we are and what we're about? And, right. Uh, are we measuring the right things? Yeah, and do we know why we're in the business? You know, st- start with why. Uh, Simon mm-hmm. Sinek has a great book uh, called Start With Why. Whitney will put that link in the, in the, in the show notes. I wish I wrote the book, but uh, I didn't. So uh, he uh, just, if, if we keep asking the question why, it's not for football, it's not for this, it's not for that. Uh, it is for something bigger. And, and if administrators and teachers and parents keep asking the question, why, why, why? And, and I think that will help us, that'll lead us to somewhere uh, where we want to be, where, where the Lord wants us to be. In, in Father Mallon's book, Divine Renovation, in, in the first chapter, he just says the main crisis of the church is it's not the abuse scandal. It's not mm-hmm. a pre-shortage. The main, the primary crisis in the church is an identity crisis. Yes. We've forgotten who we are. And you know what I really appreciate about the Archdiocese, Father Lord? We have we pay you. Them. <laughs> I do. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> we have 71 schools. We have 71 very valid, different whys possible in those 71 schools. Because there's a slightly different why if we're serving a school that's full of Spanish-speaking students that can't get a good education in their public school, but they're getting a good education in the the consortium, or the Sudanese refugees that feel excluded and rejected in their communities and are looking for that that oneness, that solidarity, and a place of safety, or in Winnebago, or in South Sioux City, or Crofton. Everybody has a slightly different why. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just sustaining a Catholic community because all the Catholics left in East and West Catholic, the, the towns are shrinking. So the schools become a rally point for Catholic culture in some of those places. So every school has an opportunity to have a really powerful why that still tracks directly to the mission and vision of our church. You know, as I listen to you guys talk, um, right, it's my lens. I think about, uh, I think about evangelization. But the, 
the, if the fundamental mission of the church is the making of disciples, it's our rediscovery of that, whether it's making disciples in the context of a parish or a school. Um, I think about, you know, Father Reeson's you know, question, the, the, the title of the, uh, the U.S. Bishop's document on stewardship is, you know, stewardship, a disciple's response. And sometimes when stewardship isn't where we want to be, we actually have to ask our question. It's like, well, do we have disciples? I mean, it, when you have disciples, um, right? Jesus says, right, your, your treasure will be where your heart is also. And so all of this is rediscovering the core mission. When our parish has rediscovered the core mission, we can invite a larger group besides just those who are benefiting from the school directly. It, it can really become an expression of the mission of the whole parish, right? When our, when our schools are making disciples, they have a mission worth talking about and worth inviting people to participate. Um, and when we're making disciples, we have people who, I mean, what's, what's 10% of my annual pre-tax income for the savior of my life? Um, I, I was just going to uh, share a quote from one of the documents from Vatican II. Actually, Mike pulled this out for, for our prep notes, but we haven't really had a chance to talk about it. But I think this is what you're talking about, Mike. Like it's, Nails it. it's, more, it's yeah. more than just one mission. Like I might have my idea of like, oh, I want to form disciples and I want everybody like, but there's also, uh, there can also be the, the function of a school to, to help, the, help the poor. Uh, so here's, here's the, uh, the quote from, it's called the Gravissimum Educationis. So it's just the document on education from Vatican II. And it says, the sacred, this sacred council of the church earnestly entreats pastors and all the faithful to spare no sacrifice, spare no sacrifice in helping Catholic school fulfill their function in a continually more perfect way and especially in caring for the needs of those who are poor and the goods of this world who are deprived of the assistance and affection of a family or who are strangers to the gift of, of faith. And mm-hmm. so I think that, that, that certainly nails it. And we, we have that happening here in the Archdiocese of Alma. We have it at Winnebago and some of the consortium schools and, and the Q schools. And I think we should be really, really proud that we didn't give up there and proud mm-hmm. of the people who had the will to keep those things going. Yeah. Let's do and some, credit, let's do some yeah, credit, credit those schools too, that we all believe are wealthy, but also have many families that are struggling and that are lifted from poverty for their opportunity. True. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's do some call to action here, Mike. Just some call to action. final things that like we, of course we don't want to just have a conversation. Hopefully we're changing. Hopefully this is shaping all of us. We're rethinking about what Catholic education can yeah. be. Um, yes. Hopefully we might share this conversation with some of our team members. Yes. Uh, Always feel free to reach out to, well, Mike's not going to be here that long, but v- Vicki Caulfield, our new superintendent, yes. and uh, we have several other people who are uh, from the Catholic school's office. I think everybody gets this, right? Everybody understands this concept. Uh, so it's not just like when Mike leaves, it's all going to go to, to pop. Right. Right. <laughs> well, we um, need to use a different language. We need to use different words. And, and it's, sometimes it's very simple is to, to get away from the admission philosophy, to get away from uh, you can't come because you can't pay, um, and use these conversations, these jumping points to say, how can we, how can we support our church? How can we support each other in the support of our church? And then to bring people into these leadership teams of your, of your uh, parish, a lot of folks are, a lot of folks are forced to make these decisions by themselves. The pastor or the principal 
by him or herself or the business manager is alone in these decisions. And they shouldn't be. These are, these are decisions that affect people's families. They're hard and they're painful. And to bring a team of people together to really examine the issue and have generative conversations, that's a powerful tool in this. So give us some calls to action. Challenge us. Tell us what to do. I'm going to say you need to communicate with school families and parish families differently on the word tuition. When you're talking about what you're charging, what you're actually putting out as a price, the, the language you're using is this is support. This is stewardship. This is a contribution. This is a collection. This is a collaborative effort to sustain a valuable apostolate that's done wonderful miracles for the church and will continue to do so. But in tandem with that conversation, constantly ask the question, is it a great apostolate? Is it focused? Or are we just putting a cross on a school for a good education? All right. And I'll just, again, Deacon uh, Kelly from Columbus, she's going to, it's getting quoted a lot today. Uh, thanks. I think we know who's going to host this next year. <laughs> <laughs> you got a new job, Deacon Kelly. Uh, he just, his final comment here is just the other thing is we can't just be good podcast attendees and say we all feel good now. Uh, I spend an hour on a podcast. We have to take what we learn and go out and get our pastors and our principals uh, and to share what we learn and make a difference in a cause that matters like our children's education. And we can make a difference. You have influence. And uh, just run a, you know, if you, you're a good leader. Everybody here is a leader because you, you have influence. And, and who can you influence? Who can you talk to? I uh, just want to keep uh, encouraging everybody in, in all of that. Uh, and we also have a responsibility as Christians to be good stewards of our influence as well. Amen. Michael, and I offer from the Catholic Schools Office that we will give you those questions to provoke conversations. We'll provide you with example models. Like I have the mercy model right in front of me of the negotiated tuition, just to ask questions and look at a comparator. Um, we can give suggestions of who needs to be in that team, that decision-making or conversation team that's re-examining your model of tuition. So tap us. We'll be glad to help. Michael, thank you very much, Jim. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, yes. Next week we will not be here. <laughs> there will not be a live zoom, but, uh, uh, if you want to get some updates and when we do a podcast, that will all be on equip.archomaha.org. Subscribe to that. Get your friends, your family, your pastors to subscribe to that. And we can continue these conversations moving forward. God bless everybody and take care. Happy summer. <laughs>